7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Interview um, with our Tiger coaches and um, just expert opinions. And so today we have Cody Gordon of Las Vegas, who is the director of Las Vegas. And then we also have a special guest that's coming in as well, which is Aaron Jaworski, who is the owner. So hopefully uh, he's not overshadowing Cody a little bit on this one. Um, (laughs) I'm just listening in here, guys. Just listening. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm absolutely excited about this because um, I was we we talked to Josh, which is uh, one of Cody's coaches. And he was down there for the national national program, national team in Fort Myers. Cody was the head coach. And what I want to do today is I really want to go over the national team because I know that there's a lot of inspiring, uh, aspiring baseball players out there who want to make the national team. And they want to see here updates on what's going on on our end. Again, the 15U program, I kind of viewed it as a beta program where we were going down there. We wanted to get the best players, compete and then see how everything went. And then we're gonna try to expand it to multiple age groups. So without further ado, I want Cody to introduce himself, introduce him to uh, introduce himself to the Tiger families. So go ahead, give us your origin story and then also give us your why behind why, why you're in the Tigers program. Uh, thanks, Biker, appreciate it. Uh, Cody Gordon, I'm the regional director, um, Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, I started Rawlings Tigers about a year and a half ago. Um, before that, I was under the wing of uh, Mike Bryant, Chris Bryant's dad at Team Adidas. And uh, my big goal uh, becoming with the Tigers was to create a network, a national network um, that was able to filter kids uh, on a national scene. Because, um, you know, with the local teams, it just seems like everybody's focused on local, local, local. Well, you know, the best way to get these kids exposed is to be on a national scene. And, uh, you know, being with the Tigers, being with you guys uh, is the number one way to do that. Let's go into the national team. And I was talking to Josh about this just a little bit, but I want you to go deep dive because you were the head coach going down there. What was your initial thought heading into that event? Man, you know, I really didn't know what to think. Uh, You know, you had all these different personalities, these, you know, just kids you don't know, parents you don't know. Um, You know, we didn't really know the team, especially with this this past year is, you know, expect the unexpected with COVID. Um, You know, we didn't really get to get a full evaluation of the boys, but, um, you know, I really didn't know what to expect. But after the weekend, I was I was very pleased. I felt like it was everything I could have expected more. Obviously, my goal was to, you know, to win it. We wanted to win that yeah. tournament. Um, and you could start to see that at the end of the tournament, you know, us winning 12, nothing, throwing a no hitter. You could start to see that we were getting used to each other. The coaches were understanding the players. Um, but it was definitely a learning experience. It was definitely trial and error. It was, it was, it was a good time. Was it, was it hard to mesh different styles with as it, like, and co- and get that group to be cohesive? Yeah, for the first couple games, I, it was very difficult because, you know, when you have a normal team, you get multiple practices to gauge personalities, to understand how they react to certain coaching styles. And you had to gauge that in two hours before the game, the first game. And uh, it, it was tough. Um, some of the coaches were more hands on. For me personally, I'm more of a hands on in practice and I let them play in the games. 
So it was definitely uh, challenging for me to try to change my coaching style and put an imprint on my knowledge to these kids right away. But uh, like I said before, it was such a good learning experience and it challenged me as a coach and I'm sure the other coaches. What was what was really impressive um, with how the coaches interacted with each other was um, your ability, you, you would talk about, okay, playing time. I've got to get this guy into the game, but we also need to win. And then you were sharing ideas instead of going in and being like, just bulldozing, like, this is what we're going to do because obviously you're going to trust your abilities, right? As yeah. a coach. But what was really impressive was you had, you had me, you had Tim, you had Tom, and then you had Josh and you, you wanted different thoughts and different ideas because you had 16 guys that you needed to push forward on a four day schedule. And it was, I just want to give you kudos on that because it, it is you. tough managing that, that amount of people. And being well, absolutely, to absolutely. The dynamic of the, um, of the coaches too, right? Cause yeah. coaches never coached together before, you know, like you said, and they had different styles and personalities along with the kids and, that's a whole other dynamic to try to, to manage and, and coordinate would be the coaching staff, I, you know, I would think. so. Absolutely. And uh, I think the big thing for me when I was down there, and, you know, my dad always told me, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you um, and try to take other knowledge and gain it so you can use it. You don't have to necessarily take it and use it, but take what you think, take what you know, and put it all together. And that's kind of what I was trying to do. You know, we had Josh. Obviously, he was on the other day. Great, great, knowledgeable coach. Uh, Tim Jones, great coach. Um, and then uh, Tim's friend, got, you know, guy's got a ton of experience. You know, I used all three of their knowledge and, and their opinions as long as, as uh, along with your opinion. And we were able to put together, I think, a pretty good formula to be successful, especially towards the end when we started to understand uh, the players. Cody, did you guys split up duties out there? Like, you know, coaches meeting in advance and how did that go? And certain guys took the pitchers other guys worked on team defense or can, yeah. can you pull that out a little bit for everybody? Yeah, we had, uh, Tim was, uh, Tim's a catching guy. So he was calling pitches with the catchers. Um, guy Spiker, what's the other guy's name? I feel bad. I forgot Tom. it. Tom. Tom, Tim, Tom. Tom. I kept calling Tom. Tim. It's, Tom all, and hey, Tom it's, all, it's all good. I'm horrible at names too. So yeah. like, I have to keep on repeating it in my head over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, no worries about that. Okay. So, so Tom, Tom was the guy, he was the pitching guy. Uh, Josh was working with, uh, uh, the outfielders in the fielding positional wise. Um, and you know, I was just trying to sit back and manage the game and try to try to make the right moves at the right times. And what, what was your biggest takeaway as a coach from the whole experience? Man, uh, honestly, as a coach, you know, I feel like I was, challenged and it, it, it allowed me to become a better coach because I was allowed to uh, take other knowledge, other guys' knowledge and, and you know, use it. Um, you know, when I'm coaching my team here, it's usually just me coaching it. So I'm running, doing everything. I've got the reins. I'm doing everything, you know. Um, and here, uh, you know, I was able to learn how to share the knowledge with other coaches on the field. And, uh, I think it, it was, it was really, it was, it was awesome. It was a good time. It was a good learning experience. What do you think the players took away from it? The players, um, you know, the players seem to, you know, they seem to be looking at us, you know, these are 50 too. They're very, you know, wary of other people, um, when they're not, you know, they don't know them. I think at the end they, they started to really trust us at the end. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
I think that they were put outside their comfort zone too. You could see they were nervous in the beginning. Um, but then, you know, after, after a while they started to get comfortable with us and, and the level of play and, and, and we've started, you swear to, we were excelling. You saw the talent down there. You yeah. experienced the talent that we had. What would you tell a player who wants to reach that national team level? Uh, if, you know, if you're looking to be a 15 year old, you want to be able to hit an 88 mile an hour fastball. Um, you got to be able to hit an 88 mile an hour fastball. Uh, That's true. With, you know, you got to be have to at least throw, you know, throw at least 80 miles an hour. Uh, you, those have to be goals. Uh, as, as a player, you have to have goals to set. Uh, if, you know, if you're just saying, I want to be on the national team, well, you got to do something about it. And it's going to take every day of training and, and being a part of a, a good organization like we have, you know, from, from the ground up and having the right trainer trainers to, to guide them. Um, but you know, you know, to, to keep it short, you got to be able to hit 88. And if you're pitching, you got to be able to throw at least, you know, high to high to low eighties at a 15. I, I, think, I think that that was probably the most eye opening thing for me was I knew that the talent was there from a standpoint of like a 15 year old hitting 88 to 90 is not unheard of anymore. Like it's now becoming like, that's, that's like the elite of the elite. Right. Absolutely. Um, but a, a freshman coming in and throwing 80, that's you're a top end player. And then you, and you go into that event, you become average, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. To me, which is like, yeah. At that event, if you're, yeah. if you're, throwing, home, if you're, you're not throwing, average. Yeah, if you're throwing 80 at your at your own local level, you're you're an, you're an, you're a high end athlete, right? Mm-hmm. But when you go into a national event like the one that we went to, you're going you're going to be only throwing uh, you're only going to be the average of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, which which I think is absolutely mind boggling. But again, that we're we're engineering athletes. Fitz said it on our on our podcast with me and Dave. He's like, it's becoming that situation where we're now engineering athletes and they're becoming better faster and it's only going to get it's only going to get faster absolutely you know back in the day when we played uh, sports you know we, we were all multi-sport athletes you know nowadays it seems like everybody's specifically geared towards uh, a sport and then there, it's a science now you know back then and back then in the day you know i was eating cookies and eating ruffles for lunch when i was a senior in high school <laughs> and i was fortunate enough to still throw high 80s from the left side in high school i'm like thinking man if i would have just had the guidance and uh, the knowledge and everything that you guys are doing uh, back then i who knows where i'd be i think it's just i think it's just the culmination of the internet and then also yeah. the maturity of youth sports amateur sports Yep. I think, I think it's that combination of the two. Mm-hmm. What, what would be your best advice for a coach who wants to coach a national, a national team? Um, you can take this multiple routes, but what, what would be, what, what's your initial thought on that? Cause we've talked about the player, but I want to, I want to know a little bit, cause I know there's some coaches out there that would be like, Hey, I, I would love to coach that national team. What would, what, what would be your suggestion? I mean, kind of what we were talking about, utilize, bring in other coaches that are, that have a lot of knowledge and it'll take a lot off your plate so that you're allowed to just make game moves. Um, I felt like I was fortunate enough to have coaches who had a ton of knowledge, who were able to communicate with the players and give them insight mid game. And then I was able to make those game decisions. So, you know, my advice would be, don't try to do it all if you're going to do this, because it's, it's difficult to, you know, when we played 
So I had to manage 16 players and make sure, you know, players are getting their playing time while being successful. Um, and that's a full-time job. Uh, you yeah, can't, like, you can't be jack of all trades out there. Yeah. Cause like you, you have to know the personalities too. And yep. um, we talked about it at the tail end. It's like, man, I wish I would have known a little bit more about this player. We need to find a, we need to find another way to where like we could get introduced earlier and get, and, and again, that, that's what happens with a first run of a national team you start realizing oh we could do this better we could do that better i think that was a, a huge point that you made which is i would love to get a webex with everyone and we start talking with them and get to know each each player have have them in the social chats as well and get and that's what i found crazy to me is that the players didn't follow each other on social media where, where with us in st louis that's like the first thing that the guys have been doing in high school is like once they know their team they start following each other on social media so i think from a progressive standpoint for us we got to make sure that hey follow each other on social media if you have instagram if you have snapchat make sure you follow each other and um get to know each other because then it'll be a lot faster when we get down there absolutely absolutely i I don't you remember i told the kids the first day i said hey go get each other's numbers you know start texting start talking go hang out go meet up for lunch uh, cause we plan to do this again, you know, and hopefully most, most of that team will come back. Cody, what do you think about the future of that, of that program? Cause I, you know, with the Tigers, I view the national team as a program, right? We have Absolutely. like our, our regional program, different cities, but you know, we do been to showcases and camps and different events, but this is, I think like a standalone tiger branded program for the long term, And it's unique, you know, the way we have this thing set up. Um, there's, there's very few clubs around the country that can orchestrate it the way that we are setting this up, um, where it's, it's Tigers only. You, you have to be on a Tiger team in order to make the Tiger national team. Absolutely. So my, my thoughts on this real quick is I think it's going to get evolved in a really good way. Cause if you look at the depth of our teams around the country, we are really strong and deep with 11s, 12s, 13s, and 14s. We get a lot of teams coming on board at those age groups because of the resources we have in place for the high school program and those kids because we have player profiles, a recruiting Twitter handle, and we have our national teams at the high school level, right? So when those kids mature up and they're 15 in a year or two or 16, I mean, there's going to be some serious talent i think on these teams and, and the slots are going to be harder to make it's just it's going to be part of it um you look at houston spiker with steve deluke mm-hmm. he's killing it i mean his his teams yeah. are they're they're all high-end high triple a high major type teams in, in a hotbed market in houston and they're all you know 10 11 12 13 14 well they're going to be in high school in a few years right they're, it's coming and and they're going to have a huge impact on these national team rosters so I can see it kind of from the, the top looking at the different cities where it could really take off and be something totally special and cool in my eyes for all these kids and athletes in our program. I think from a starting point too, like going down a perfect game and going two and two in a pool of death that we were in, like, I mean, the squads that we played, they were really good. Like, yeah, they, 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 were, they were, they were great, you know? Like, yeah, they have some, they have, and they have, yeah. and there's some backing there. There's a lot of history behind those teams. Right. So, mm-hmm. and example, like the first team that we played was uh Raphael for calls team and they rolled out the number two and number four pitcher in Florida. So like that in itself 
we're going up against that's our first game and those boys competed and we were in that game all the way until the very end and then they started realizing oh this we're, we're competing and that's a huge huge statement for those guys because i can only imagine when they go back to their teams that they have a level of confidence that is going to be a lot different and they're going to say hey we can attack any team that we want to this is, this, is how, this is how we're approaching we're and it's creating a leadership style for those players which is awesome yep Absolutely. And Spiker, you know, I, I really think that if this team that went down there played in June, I think we go 4-0. Um, some of those kids came up to be like, Coach, I haven't seen pitching in four months. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, sorry, bud, you're going to have to go fit, face mid to high 80s with a nasty, you know, with nasty curveballs and nasty off speed. Uh, good luck, you know. Uh, but you could see the last game, they were really starting to starting to get used to that competition again. And, and, you know, obviously we saw the result winning 12, nothing. Um, I think it's a big recommendation for those players. Like absolutely. if you're playing, if you're playing, cause again, our national program is off seasons, off peak, off peak season. So if you end up making the squad, you've got to try to figure out how do I catch up to that timing? How am I going to be game ready for live pitching? Because the pitchers already have the, the advantage. They, they, they have the control. They have the ball. Mm-hmm. So they can do whatever they want. So if you throw 83-84, you have a distinct advantage over that hitter. Now, if you, play, if you face a Florida team or you face a Texas team or you face a team that is in the southern, southern area of the United States, understand that those hitters are ready for you and you gotta be, you got to be ready to battle, which, is, which I found super interesting. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit Las Vegas. Let's get off the national scene. Let's talk about what's happening in your territory. Um, I find it always extremely intriguing when um, hearing guys from from different parts of the area. That's why I love being a part of the Tigers because um, you're getting different ideas and, and different thoughts. What are you working now with your coaches and players that you're absolutely 100% excited about? It could be just program-wide um, in your area. What are, what are you, what gets your juices flowing? Uh, well, first of all, like, you know, with the whole approach with the Tigers in Las Vegas, you know, I wanted to create um, a system and the system is have the best coaching in town. If you have the best coaching, the best players will follow usually. Um, so I really do pride myself and the Tigers here in Las Vegas on having the best coaches. Um, and with, the, with that, we're able to have some programs. We have uh, pitch club and this is just ac- accessible to the Tigers. We have pitch club where we have group pitching um, myself and some other ex uh, professional college uh, pitchers are able to run that. And we're able to specify our tiger boys and develop them. Um, and in a organizational uh, organizational wide, um, we also have catch club, same thing, Bryce Massonary. Um, he's a coach in the tigers, uh, ex Georgia catcher, all American played in the college world series when they played Fresno state. Uh, play with, with Russell Wilson and the Rockies. I mean, the guy's, the guy's knowledge is, you know, it, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, we, and we have hit club where it's the same thing. Like I said, group hitting, we're specifying our tiger boys and their development. Uh, you know, we're able to work with game changers Academy. We've talked about that. Um, mm. They're, they're trying to become the IMG of the West over here. Um, their stuff is great. We got our training over there. Uh, so that's just all those programs that we have that are added on to what we're doing with our teams in the Tigers. It, it, it's really you're seeing the development happen on a on a rapid fa- uh, in a rapid pace. 
what have you taken from the national team and then you're bringing back to Vegas? Like it could be knowledge base or um, experience base. Like what is it that you've noticed that like you need to get your guys prepared for? Uh, you know, honestly, for me, I've just been trying to get these boys excited for the possibility of being on it more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've talked to you guys about when we when we wanted to start this, you know, why do kids play Little League? They play Little League for the small chance of playing in the Little League World Series. Um, that small chance and because uh, they want to play on that national stage. And that's what we want to create here at the Tigers. And, uh, you know, we want to have it to where if you do make that that national team, you will be a college baseball player like the very best will be on that team and you will play college baseball. And that's, that's the goal. And, and that's what I'm trying to excite my players with. Um, so that's kind of what I'm taking back is, Hey guys, like what we talked about, if you, if you want to be on the national team, you're going to be able to have to be able to hit 88. You're going to have to be able to throw in the eight. Um, and I get them, you know, getting them excited to, to be able to play on that, that stage. I think that's a good point because that, that promotes competitiveness, which is yes. what you need outside of baseball as well is and start that off at an early age is like let's compete let's let's try to figure this thing out and try try to reach for the stars try to reach that national team and hey if you if you if you do great you're you're representing a a great brand you're representing yourself in in a huge event if you don't that's okay keep working at it and at some point you're going to reach to the place that you want to reach to because if you shoot for the stars you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be there right so I think I think that's a really good point, and it's super important to really promote that competitiveness at an early age. After being with the coaches with the different territories, what has been the biggest eye opener on the different styles of baseball? Uh, yeah, that's a tough question, but um, I, I would just say the biggest eye opener is that there's many different styles. You know, I always took my style and was like, "This is my style. I'm going to stay to my style." Um, but, you know, I realized that, you know, you have to vary your styles based on who you're coaching, um, the kids you're coaching. Kids take different styles in different ways, and you have to understand which styles work best for that kid. Uh, I've seen, you know, I saw kids, you know, Tom and uh, Josh, very hands-on coaches. I saw some kids take that in and use that very well, and I saw some kids resist a little bit to it. Um, so it, it, the, the biggest thing is to understand that you, you need to have different styles to be the best coach possible. And I felt like that's why we were successful so quick in just a matter of four games, we were able to turn it around is because we had four or five different styles in the dugout at one time and we were all utilizing it. What would you, how would you label your style? Like, how would you describe your style? Uh, you know, I'm more like you, I talked about a little bit earlier. I'm more hands-on in practice. And, you know, I love practices to be more intense than the game. And in the game, I let them play. And if I see something, I'll calmly come up to them and be like, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I feel like you should do to be more successful. Uh, So when it comes to the game and intense in practice. Gotcha. Aaron, how are you? What what would you label your style as? I like what Cody just said. Like, I think think practice, they need to be – really driven hard and and that that's where everything happens but then in the game you know i think it's more back off and and let them do their thing i don't think they need added pressure in a game i think there's already enough pressure in in that game setting to to compete and um i'm I'm a big practice guy in that regard so also i think i'm prepared as a coach like lineups equipment pre-game you know just um 
very systematic and and how that all rolls out you know just like we are with 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 business and the club spike it's like mm-hmm. it's a program and there there's a path to follow and I'm a creature of habit you know um and and be prepared you got to be prepared in advance for everything so um I think it, it goes into coaching as well and how do you manage uh Aaron how do you manage the the coaches that you've had because um, it's your dugout's pretty similar to what the national team was. Uh, you yeah. were more of the manager than anything else. You weren't really the, I wouldn't say like head coach. You, it was more like you were having more of a managing style than anything else. Yeah. I, I mean, I know with me, I, I like to have assistance in place where everyone has a, a job and a duty. Um, and, and I just, I kind of want to be there to help and support all of them. I don't, I don't need to be the guy out there, right. Trying to, to, to run everything and if everyone's got a, a job and a duty from from the game changer guy to the third base to the first base who's calling pitches who's on defense you know who's our, our cheerleader when needed between innings and I'll jump in and help so um you know my my name's on our team our 14u team here in St. Louis but it's it's you know my team I'm the head coach but I feel like it's it's all the other coaches that are, are really making it happen and I'm just keeping that that train on the, on the rails, you know, Cody, what's the, what's the biggest challenge that um, you guys are facing right now in the Vegas territory um, as a coach, as well as a director, like what is it that you guys are trying to accomplish and try to make sure that you're able to overcome that challenge? I think the big thing we're trying to accomplish is to have that elite level team at each level while having that developmental team at each level. And I feel like that allows, you know, we create a competitive environment here for the Tigers for that national scene that we're trying to create, but we're also have a developmental environment, um, you know, with the orange and white teams. I think the hardest thing to do is to get people to buy in on being an orange player. And it's okay to be an orange player at a young, a young age, because everybody develops at a different pace. You know, I've seen kids where they were just absolute studs at 12, 11, and they stopped their development stopped, whether it was because of size or effort, um, trying to get people to buy into, you don't have to be a black player, um, to be a good player or a player that will have a chance to play at a high level. That's what I think is like the biggest misconception inside of uh, youth sports is that, um, it becomes more of a status thing than anything else and less of a development thing. And, and you can get caught up into it. I mean, hell, I get caught up into um, status things quite often, right? But um, when it comes to development, I feel like that's undervalued and being able to realize like, okay, hey, I'm going to go to the place where I feel most loved. I'm going to go to the place that I know have the best coaches, which goes back to your point. I'm trying to, you're trying to create the, you're in your area, the best coaches that you possibly can because you have this philosophy or this thought that the players are going to come and build, build the coaching staff. Players will come, which I think is a beautiful idea. And I I'm hoping that players see that and they say, Hey, I want to be coached by that guy. Like that guy is absolutely creating unbelievable players. And it doesn't have to be the experience by any means. It could be a guy that like Aaron, we had a guy that didn't even play college baseball. He was only there for a semester, but he was probably one of the best developers that I've ever been around. And he was coaching pro guys. He was in here the other day. And we were talking MLB about MLB guys. ML, <laughs> ML, yeah, awesome. MLB guys. Not just pros. MLB guys. He, awesome. he, 
he was helping the uh, former closer of the Cardinals. Like, and he played a he played a half semester at JUCO. <laughs> that's awesome. It just exactly, and he's the ultimate teacher. So yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like coaching is an art in itself. Um, I've seen great play, great ex players, MLB players. Um, they're not the best coaches at times. Um, not always, but I see a lot of times the best coaches are the ones that had to grind. Uh, to be good at this game and they had to understand the game before they could be good. Oh, without a doubt. Like here, here's a, here's a personal example um, for me is that when I coach, I'm horrible at coaching outfielders. I don't think I'm very good at it because I just, I, I was, a, I naturally was good at the outfield, but infield wise, I know infield backwards and forwards because I was, I sucked at infield. I wasn't very good. And that's why they sent me to the outfield. But I had a huge passion for being a shortstop or being a second baseman. And I was lucky to play a couple of seasons there. But at the end of the day, I wasn't the best dude out there. I wasn't the best choice. But I, but I had coaches that worked with me and I was able and I engulfed everything because I was trying to figure out how to get better at it. And I think from a hitting standpoint, I was a switch hitter and I had to try to figure out my left side. So I try. I had to learn, relearn everything, and that's why I think I'm able to communicate that side of it. And one of our instructors here in St. Louis, he's really good at teaching mechanics because he had to relearn how to hit in college. He already hit a whole bunch of home runs, but when he started enhancing his mechanics, that's when his his career like took off, and he had to relearn everything. That's why he's so good at teaching mechanics. So I think whatever coaches. Uh, what he struggled with when he was playing, he's really good at teaching. Just, just my, just my humble opinion. Good point. Um, Absolutely, guys. That's I think from from here, this is a great ending point. And um, obviously, Cody, thanks for jumping in on this uh, WebEx. I know you're, I know you're super busy and building that territory up. Um, Aaron jumped on and hijacked this WebEx, and I always appreciate hey, him coming on. I do want to say one thing, Spike. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Cody because he, him and another director of ours, uh, DJ in Louisville, right? Like mm-hmm. those two were pushing the national program for several months. And I feel like they were at the front end of it with us to kind of make it all happen. So Cody, I really appreciate, you know, you and, and your, your ideas and your thoughts behind it. Um, Cause I, I do think this thing is, is going to go to great heights. Um, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. I just, I believe in what you guys are doing. I have since day one and I'm all in, man. Cody, any closing thoughts on this, on this conversation? Uh, just to all the players out there, uh, you know, no matter what level you're at, you know, black, orange, white, whatever age you're at, keep working hard. Like I talked about, you know, have guidance, have good guidance in your life, have good coaches to guide you to where you want to be. Uh, cause you know, your goal, the epitome of the Tigers is the national team. That's where you want to be and, uh, you know, keep working guys. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon.